Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. It is week eight in the NFL. The Big Ten is back. A wild weekend in college football that Matty D and I break down before being joined by our good friend Ryan White as our guest picker for week eight in the NFL. You guys might remember Ryan White from the Premier League primer that we did a few months back, as well as from some Game of Thrones podcasts. He made a guest picker appearance last year. This one was a lot of fun to record. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Let us know what you think in the show notes or comments. But as always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, as well as the Bullpen Cart Podcast group on Facebook. Be a part of the conversation and join the group. Submit questions, memes, whatever you want to hear us talk about. Join the group and let us know. But enjoy this week's episode. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D, Matt Stefano. How are you, my friend? Well, I mean, doing good. Great weekend of golf we just had. Um, for obvious reasons for myself, winner of the Thunder Cup. Two years in a row, my friend. Hey, come yeah, you're now you're even with me. I'm not stopping. Stepping on the throat time, all right? Uh, but honestly, too, great win by the Birds Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe even better, the Cowboys lost again to the Washington football team. Um, hate to see Dalton go down like he did, but always Ralph uh, warms my heart. And a little icing on top of the cake would be the Michigan Wolverines. Big dominating. win. Big, big win in the Big Tens. First week back, and we'll start there. Matty D, what was your biggest takeaway from this weekend? Well, my biggest takeaway is that the Buckeyes have a chance to crash. The top three. The top two, excuse me. Um, so that's amazing. Um, they Unfortunately, they were great against Nebraska. Um, they, their back and quarterback was even scoring. And I think, by the way, loved Scott Frost's comment if, if we, if you know, you know, if we don't want them to run up the score, we should just stop them. But um, I think there's actually even more of an opening now. And I think there's a crack in the armor of Alabama with Jalen Waddle being lost for the season mm-hmm. due to an ankle injury. That's a huge loss for Alabama. They, oh, I know they have a lot of talent offensively, but Waddle and Devontae Smith are kind of their explosive identity. Um, it's going to require a lot more from some players who we don't know about. And obviously, it's Alabama. They got blue chippers anywhere. But Jalen Waddle's a first-round pick. So – that's my big takeaway is that is that Ohio State has a very legitimate chance at crashing the top two um, and finding their way into the national title game um, with with that injury to Alabama. I still think Alabama is the top three team, and I think they're going to compete, but we're going to see. Um, yeah, that to me was kind of my my first impression. Um, and then there was some general craziness uh, that we always expect. Um, across the college football landscape. Uh, some tight games unexpectedly, some upsets, uh, et cetera, et cetera. How about yourself? What do you think? Yeah, that's probably the, the the main takeaway is how good Ohio State looks because 
I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a real opportunity for them to fall. I know they're playing Penn State this week, but Penn State lost their running back, and we'll have to see what they end up doing. They're already a, a huge dog. Um, Penn State losing, I feel like, is is something pretty big because unless there is chaos, Penn State was kind of the next next team up. I know Michigan won and is now up to 13th in the AP poll and everything there. So, if, you know, in the ideal world for the college football gods would make Michigan and Ohio State undefeated and then Ohio State blows out Michigan or something like that. Um, but Penn State was that next, you know, supposed to be that next school up and then suffering a loss early to an Indiana team who's, you know, some people thought they were going to look good and they did look very good responding to Penn State. Uh, I just think it shows that this could be something where Ohio State goes, you know, 9 and 0 I think is the is the the number and ends up, you know, being there but the rest of the division doesn't look very good. Um, to give the Big Ten West some credit, you know, Wisconsin looked very good on Friday night. I know they now have had their game against Nebraska postponed outright, um, or not even postponed, just canceled, so they won't even be making that up. So that is something to be concerned about, too. Uh, but they looked very good, so hopefully they get back to the field quick because, you know, this is kind of the thing the Big Ten backed itself into. So I think, like, I think that's probably, especially in the wake of the World Series, Something to keep in mind that, you know, we are not anywhere near COVID being in the rearview mirror from delaying games and all this sort of stuff. And there's no room for error with where the Big Ten needs to be by season's end. So assuming Ohio State stays healthy throughout this, you know, it is there is a great opportunity. I didn't mean to get to a downer on this, but on the positives of the Big Ten West, you know, you have you have Wisconsin looking really good. You have teams that maybe weren't supposed to be good or could be like an Iowa falling to Purdue, a school nobody's really talking about and, and with good measure. Uh, you mentioned Minnesota losing to Michigan. That is something that, that, again, hurts the Big Ten West. So assuming that things look good for the Badgers and things get better COVID-wise, uh, that could be something pretty big in terms of uh, setting up a Big Ten championship. Um, uh, yeah, and I think I think – like, like you talked about Indiana, um, honestly, so I'm going to throw it out there. I didn't think they, uh, I didn't think they scored. No, so well, so it's so the problem is, is that it's called like, it's called a conversion right. on the field, and it was not inconclusive enough. It looks, it looks like it is, but we don't know. We don't know what the refs are seeing, what other angles they have that isn't enough to overturn it, and that's the problem. If it was a touchdown on the field. It would have stayed, or a conversion on the field. It would have stayed with that, and and we're hearing all this sort of stuff because it was so inconclusive. And that's you know the hill to die on. I agree with you, but you have to look at it if you're a Penn State fan from the pragmatic point of view of that's how replay works. You know they fuck up, and it had you you just have a much larger hill to climb to flip it. Well, and I think too. I mean, look, you look back at it. Let's be honest. Penn State never should have been there. Never no. should have been that close. They should have smoked them. They want to compete for a Big Ten title. It should have been a blowout against Indiana. Um, you put yourself in that position. It's not much, I, I think a lot of times I, I think about when you think about upsets. So many things have to usually go right. The end of that game was was wild. There's no way Indiana should have even been in that game. So well, yeah. Indiana goes up um, first, right, and then they let Penn right. State right back into it. Come all the way back. Come into all the it. way yep. back and into then, it, and they're down. I mean, they were dead to rights in the fourth quarter, and. You know, and they screwed up. Yep. Oh, you know, yeah. No, State absolutely, did. absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, um, like you said, they should have smoked him. Mm-hmm. 
I thought, you know, some of the other things that were interesting to me, you know, Notre Dame smoke in Pittsburgh. I think it was a big step for Notre Dame after their really their their near miss last week against Louisville. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, well, I talked about maybe there was a shot there for Pittsburgh to make some noise, but uh, Pittsburgh put their foot down. Um, I mean, sorry, Notre Dame put their foot down and, and just and just hammered away at Pittsburgh. So that, mm-hmm. that was that was pretty important um, in my in my mind. Um, and look, I do want to touch on our guys. Michigan played great, unexpected, not unexpectedly. But the unexpectedly dominated Minnesota, um, almost oh, half, almost doubling them up, almost hitting that half century club. They did um, double them up. Well, oh, you're right, 49 24. Yeah. I, I don't know why I read 25 for Minnesota. That's nah, all good. Uh, so they did, they did over, they over doubled them up. They almost, uh, you like some things I saw, you see there, but they, they've, I don't, I wasn't necessarily blown away by Minnesota coming into this year. So it's a quality win for Michigan, but there's bigger, bigger things to come for them if they want to have any kind of an opportunity this year. Um, and they'll be coming soon. So, yeah, um, quiet week, college football, right? <laughs> there's never a quiet week. Um, yeah. What are yeah. we looking at coming up? Go ahead. Go, go, go. No, no, no. I was just going to emphasize the point on last week. I was kind of sifting through it. Aside from the Big Ten being back, it was a lot of what we thought was going to happen. Syracuse blows out Clemson. Alabama blows out Tennessee. Um, you know, Cincinnati, you had it in picks. They won, um, and they remain up there in the, you know, in the top 10 at number seven, Oklahoma state narrowly beating Iowa state is probably the biggest close call outside of Penn state losing, but yeah, going to this weekend, um, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a lot, much of the same from these top teams. And it's unfortunate again with, with Penn state losing their running back and looking very mortal just to use, um, that sort of phrasing, then now it's going to become this three horse race. And then this race for fourth of who can end up there, who survives long enough, whether it is Notre Dame or does it become Georgia, depending on how the sec goes. And we have that narrative again, despite a wacky COVID year, does Oklahoma state prove something who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, am I wrong to think this is kind of a boring weekend or. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I mean, to your point, like what are the, like what are the highlight games, you know? Um, like Georgia, Kentucky? I think one that well, I mean, Penn State, Ohio State. Well, yeah, it, it should be, but, but who knows? I mean, right? If they're keying all in on what's his face, Clifford, they're you. Know, this the, Ohio State might just completely smother them, quite literally. I um, I also think yes, I do certainly agree with that. I, I also think the game that I was expecting to be really good was I thought out. I thought Mississippi State would bounce back. They just haven't. Now they got people leaving the program, so that's that's kind of a total disaster. Um, you know, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. To your point, I mean, it's just, it just might not be a game of uh, a big game. Um, there was this expectation to be Oklahoma state. Texas would be a big matchup, but Texas is three and two and floundering um, a game that I would be interested in picking up and watching would be Kansas state. Number 16 heading to West Virginia. West Virginia is actually favored. I think in that game, they are, which is a little surprising, although they're not a bad team. Um, I like Kansas State. I think they're a well-run, a well-run program there. Um, that would be what I would be interested in maybe tuning into just to see in a little bit. But two two kind of fringe programs that you kind of know their names, but you don't know a lot about them. Sure. Uh, that would be a game I'd love to kind of jump in on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, probably a good one. I mean, obviously Temple for the Philly aspect. Uh, they play Tulane. Not the greatest game in the world because they're both under 500. But uh, one there. I know you – we're going to talk about it in picks with you – Jumping back on Cincinnati with Memphis, that might be the game, at least at the 12 o'clock slate. Um, but also the 12 o'clock, you got – you have Georgia-Kentucky, which 
know, if Kentucky's still hanging around there with the turnaround they've had, uh, it could be an interesting game, but Kentucky's been a little disappointed this year at two and three. Uh, yeah, Michigan playing, uh, Michigan State. I don't know. Michigan State looked awful last week, so that doesn't even seem like to be exciting. They lost to Rutgers, yeah. But um, but it's it's still a rivalry game, so Michigan can't sleep. No, they can't. Uh, they need every, um, everything they can get, if you will. So I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing how SMU does. I know they lost last week, but um, yeah, that that should be an interesting game there, where uh, you know they're playing Navy, a team who is hanging in there in the AAC. So I don't know. That might that might be interesting. Georgia or Florida, Missouri. I mean, I know you've been pretty high on Mizzou this year, but I don't know. I feel like Florida. I guess coming back out of you through everything with Dan Mullins, um, see what they do there. I don't know. It's going to be, it's just, it's, just, it's going to be a, an interesting week. This is kind of what we normally see in a non COVID year near the end of October before we get some serious rivalry weeks and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it should be, uh, it should be interesting to see. Yeah. And, um, it's good to see him back, by the way, the Big Ten. I'm liking this a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be great. I mean, what, the Pac-12 comes back next week, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah, you're correct. Yep. Yeah, so, we're, so we at least get, you know, kind of a weekend of interesting games before the next, uh, you know, before the next iteration of, of teams that are back. And we'll obviously have to see what's going on with the country and everything, um, you know, you know, where we where we need college football and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the biggest news, though, Matt, I think from this week is the location of not this Saturday's college game day, but next Saturday's. Oh, yeah. They oh, will be. Yeah. Matt is literally. Have you seen the ad for it? I have seen the ad. For those that don't know, they will be broadcasting from Augusta, Georgia, off of the ninth green at Augusta National Golf Club, right next to the par three course, where sadly there will not be a par three tournament this year. But College Game Day and the Masters are mixing together. The Masters tournament, normally very stingy with cameras, with advertisers, and they now are hoping to get a a newer type of audience that they would get from golf normally. It leads right into the Masters broadcast. And they're hoping that they would get the college football crowd who may not normally watch golf to tune in against their beloved college football. This is, I think it's really cool. I know some people are kind of like, ooh, this is uh, very much against the grain of what Augusta National does. But good on Augusta for for modernizing in a week that we've seen with golf, hoodies, and various different uh, informal informalities getting added to golf. I think it's amazing, and I think it's really cool that, the, that Augusta is willing to, to do something a little bit, you know, out of character for them. They're, they're very traditional, um, but this is an untraditional year. So I think it's an, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, um, and, and I think it's really neat. And I'm just – like I said, I'm just glad that they changed it. They, they did something a little different once. Um, and uh, cross it over. Get get the people involved with the, with the Masters and the pageantry of college football and the pageantry of the Masters kind of work out here. I'm very excited. Yeah, and I guess that is also a bit of the bummer that there is no par three tournament. Obviously, it's on. A, it's done on a Wednesday and everything, and you get the first hit, the you know, the first tee ball and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, so it wouldn't have crossed over with college game day. But maybe I, I doubt they would have Lee Corso going over and hitting <laughs> some sort of tee shot, and that's how he makes his pick or something like that. But 
it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Yeah. So uh, we shall see. I'm excited. It's still another weekend of college football. So, yes, you know, should be great. Yep. But let's send it over to picks. We have not referenced to our pick or guest picker. I was about to say pick guest. It is Ryan White. You guys might remember him from a few months ago. Did a Premier League primer with me, helping me uh, learn more about how the English Premier League works and all that sort of stuff. He's also come on before as a guest picker. He's also done Game of Thrones. So this should be a lot of fun. We did have a blast recording this. So here he is, Ryan White. All right, it's time for picks. Week 8 in the NFL. We now welcome on a very good friend of the program. You all may remember him most recently from teaching me about the Premier League, but he's been on to talk about Game of Thrones. He was a guest picker last year. It is our good friend, Ryan White. Ryan, how are you? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm doing pretty stellar over here. Doing pretty good. Always good to be on the program. Love it. Well, see that you're, uh, you got a little beer going, so you're already back up to speed on, on being on the podcast. Before we get started, I have to acknowledge, I know I'm going to have already done this by the time we record the front of the show, but Ryan was a part of the winning team of last week's Thunder Cup. So congratulations, Ryan, on, a, on another win. You guys now nodded it up two and two. So congratulations. That's right. Yeah. That's right, baby. That was amazing. Matt, I didn't realize you shot a 79 this weekend. Yeah, That's the first one ever. That why are you first not, time why ever. Not telling everybody about this? Because I'm a team player, and all, what mattered most to me was winning the Thunder Cup, which we did, my good friend, you which did. we did. Okay, yeah. So that is all that mattered to me. I'm Wait. a team guy. Okay, Wait. He sent me a Venmo to get the scorecard bronze, so don't worry. He's, <laughs> he's celebrating correctly. Oh. Here we go. go. All right. Well, let's jump into picks. So, Ryan, I know you know the format. For those that do not or are new to the podcast, it is five games against the spread in the NFL and one game in college against the spread. We do it in a snake draft. The only caveat is that you cannot make the same pick as someone else. You can go against them. So if someone takes for Thursday Night Football, Carolina minus two and a half, you cannot take them. But you could take Atlanta plus two and a half. Does that sound like a good format to you, Ryan? Yeah, sounds good. I I can't disagree. Perfect. I have no power here. <laughs> yeah, it's well, good to know you. Good to know you know your place. Uh, that's important. <laughs> See, this is the real captain. Yeah, that's good to check in, though. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so you kick it off as the guest picker. Matt went second last week, so it goes to me third. So Ryan, kick us off. What is your first pick? I get to pick any game here. Any game on the NFL slate. All right, I don't want to pick one. You pick one for me, and then I'll tell you who's going to take it. All right, let's start with I've never had football. Any, I like this. So, <laughs> go for it. Shorty, go. Thursday Night Football for White. What do you got? Okay, well, he's playing on Thursday. Carolina and, and Atlanta. That was the real problem. I didn't have the uh, the games pulled up over here. <laughs> That's right. You know, you got to do so, Look, come on. Carolina, Atlanta. <laughs> we chose the game. For those that don't know, we like, we like chat. You know, five minutes before the podcast and explain it to White. Now he oh. told me what was going on. I just, I just. The, yeah, but here's the thing. White, he's quick on his feet. He all is right? quick on his I was expecting his to be like, is, that's well, what we got. His nickname, his nickname in pickup football was Twinkle Toes. Everyone knows it, you know? Twinkle Toes. Not if he gets my football moves, though. Uh, I got no shot. I got no shot against you. You're so much faster than me. It would be like DK Metcalf running down. Well, while White pulls this Buda up, Baker. let's let's recap last week with Jason Curtis Rivera. He went two and four. 
against the spread. He uh, went four and one or four and two, excuse me, four and one in, in the NFL. I went four zero oh, and one because the Cleveland Browns pushed the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, both of us lost our college picks. Matt, I did not find the Cincinnati score, but you went one and four in the NFL. So you took my spot as the uh, the big loser of the week. But maybe it's that that second snake spot. So maybe I'm doomed this week. Probably so. No, Cincinnati won, didn't they? Did they win? All right. So you went two and four. I didn't. I didn't have their college score in front of me. That's right. Yeah, they won right. big. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have it. Yeah, I was going to update it as we as we went along. But uh, since we had, we need to kill some time. But Ryan, yeah. you ready? To time roll? killed. So yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, we really should have reviewed this beforehand. Um, I'm not that <laughs> on my mental feet. It's all good. Um, <laughs> the uh so the the falcons and the uh the panthers on thursday i'll take that one right yep and uh, i'm seeing the line as uh 2.5 uh for the panthers over the falcons correct yeah, that's right that's ridiculous the falcons are one and six the panthers are three and four just from my uneducated eyes i think that's i think that's ridiculous but i like being contrarian i'm gonna say the falcons oh <laughs> love that's- it yeah, I mean Thursday night football games have been you know fairly close, so it's not a bad idea. You know, last week the Eagles minus four and a half and needed a last second miracle, so it's not a terrible idea. It might yeah. be an awful idea, but I'll get to gloat about it if I'm right against all odds. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, so I mean, I don't think it's that bad of a pick. I think the line kind of screams Falcons. You know, look. I mean, I'm not a huge Panthers fan either. I guess so. Is what it is. All right. Well, Matt, what do you got next? Oh, I can't. I mean, I mean, now I feel like I can't just jump on anything. I got to have something good here. Um, I, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills or three and a half points favorites against the New England Patriots, who look as bad as it gets. Oh. It's a huge divisional game because if New England has any chance of staying in this fight, they've got to beat the Bills, and I simply don't think they have it this year. I've been so unimpressed with Cam Newton. You know, one of the rumors is maybe he's got an issue with COVID still. Um, That's what a lot like of people it, think. It has, yeah. It's having a residual effect. Uh, he looks just not great. So, and that defense was already under undermanned due to due to you know COVID, COVID opouts. Um, and now you got this whole thing swirling that Stephon Gilmore might be on the trade block. I, I think it's going to be a very challenging game for the Patriots. I like Buffalo to cover that. Um, I know it's a divisional game, but it's in Buffalo and they're just playing really, really good. So. Um, all Buffalo, all the way here. I like that pick a lot. You uh, you hit a lot of nails right on the head. Um, so it's to me for two picks. Um, this one, I don't know if it's because a fellow NFC West team played this team terribly, uh, but I'm going to go with Matt's usual pick, the Los Angeles Rams. Minus three on the road at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I know they've had kind of their ups and downs the Rams have. Uh, the Dolphins trying to figure it out after you know starting to uh, – and all this sort of stuff. So, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a struggle. I feel like the Rams' front seven is going to make Tua's life a little uh, a little hectic this week. So, I'm going to go Rams minus three is my first pick. I love that pick, by the way, because I, I'm high on Tua. I know they have a whole bye week to prepare, but you can prepare for Aaron Donald, and it means nothing. He is a one-man wrecking crew. And I think the Rams quietly – I'm impressed. I mean, would you consider them possibly a top-five team in football? Potentially. I'd definitely throw them up there. It's going to be interesting because this whole division, the NFC West, it could – I mean, we could see for the first time all four teams get into the playoffs. But 
Um, yeah, it's going to be dependent on if they win the division or not, which I don't think is a complete lock. Right now they're in second place behind Seattle. That first game is going to be nuts. Seattle's playing San Francisco this week, who you know has looked up and down, and, and like I mentioned, when they play the Dolphins. But I don't know. It's uh, That's a very good question to be asking. But I think when their defense faces off against Seattle's offense, or even the reverse, L.A.'s offense against a shitty Seattle defense, we have to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I was going to say, Seattle's defense. It's so I mean, bad. It's just, yeah, yeah, I wasn't it's putting Seattle horrendous. in the top five, but we need to yeah. see how that game well, goes. Well, I mean, I would understand why you would do that, by the way, because they do have Russell Wilson, and he is a potential MVP candidate. But it's amazing. Bobby Wagner can't fix, can't cover for everybody on the defense. And Jamal Adams needs put to Put DK help. Metcalf out there. Let him be a two-way two player. Uh, I love it. I love it. No, just put him way in the back. He just chase guys down. They deep, can't. Earl they now Thomas have the spot. ultimate Hail Mary defense because he can cover wherever. <laughs> like how they used to put T.O. out, but instead of being an interception threat, he's just a SWAT threat. Um, but anyway, my second pick. Let's look here. There's some wacky, wacky lines out there. But I am going to go... Hmm, I'm going Tennessee minus six against the Bengals. I know the Bengals have looked fairly sharp the last couple weeks. They just traded Carlos Dunlap to Seattle, speaking of the Seahawks. But um, yeah, I just feel like... I don't know if it's Tennessee, just everybody's waiting for the the other foot to drop and this team to, to look bad, but I don't know. Last week, you know, I picked against them and, and had Pittsburgh winning, but I feel like their, de- their defense is going to do wonders against a Cincinnati offensive line that's not very good. And I feel like on the flip side that Ryan Tannehill looks great, and I feel like we're in for a Derrick Henry bowling ball game, and we could really see it here, so I... I think that there's a reason why it's it might be a sucker line at minus six because it's thinking, oh, this could be a touchdown. But I'm going to go with Tennessee minus six. Disrespectful line, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's the first thing that kind of popped into my head, too. Um, I will go with for my second pick. So I've got the L.A. Chargers visiting the Denver Broncos. Both are two and four, but, but man, one team is a different two and four because – if you're not on the Justin Herbert bandwagon, I don't know what you're going to do. He looks amazing. Very similar to the Seattle Seahawks in which the Chargers defense has been struggling all year. So the Chargers offense had to pick up a lot of slack. Even without Austin Eckler, he's looked unreal. By the way, they get Melvin Ingram back, one of their leading pass rushers in the back end for the Chargers. So you hope that maybe stabilizes that defense a little bit. That really honestly has a ton of talent. Um, I just think, I just think that, L.A., Denver looks shaky at best. Drew Locke has not been particularly good for them. They can't run the ball. Melvin Gordon keeps fumbling. Lindsey might be injured. So, um, all in on the Chargers, that three-point line. I know it's a divisional game, but I think they romp. No, I like that pick a lot. I was looking at that, and, yeah, I really uh, agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, specifically the Drew Locke point, I think their defense is going to have a fun day against Drew Locke. Yeah. White. Back to you for two, my man. Cool. Um, yes. Yeah, so what do we got here? We got the uh, the Chiefs against the Jets. Um, I just I think it would be the most Jets thing to make this <laughs> a closer game than people expect. And did last um, week. Yeah, I think they're gonna probably stake more in this game than the uh, than the line says. Although, I'll probably be proven wrong. But all it takes is Mahomes or anybody else just taking their foot off the gas because it's the Jets and. Um, that line doesn't get doesn't get beat so i'm gonna take uh <laughs> the jets side of that line all right 19 and a half points 
That is no. a wild pro it's, football it's line. Yeah, that's that's big. I don't think I'm reading this this one right. The uh, the Buccaneers against the Giants. It says the line's ten and a half against the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay is is I have eleven, but they're a they're an eleven point favorite. Okay, all right. Well, I got to pick the Buccaneers. Um, I just think it's ridiculous. I think if somebody had told me back in 2012 that Tom Brady threw four touchdowns and 370 yards and a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski last week, I'd be like, well, yeah, of course. Like I'm sure they're still killing it uh, at the Patriots. And then you said, no, the Patriots <laughs> are doing awful. You'd be like, what the hell world is this? Um, but I love seeing those guys back together. Um, and just Gronkowski's stupid smile just makes me happy. It makes me feel better about watching football. Uh, that's awesome. I'm going to pick the Buccaneers to uh, just to beat them because they have, they're going to have too much fun again. Well, I also think it's wild that, that, you know, it's, it's obvious why it's more than, more than a touchdown and even more than a touchdown and a field goal of the giants have this game against the Eagles where they score a ton of points. Tampa Bay's defense has looked a lot more solid than the Eagles has for the most part. Um, yeah, and I, I almost it's almost daring you to think whether or not the Giants can catch lightning in a bottle twice by putting a number that high out. So this might be a real gut check game for a Giants team who got victory literally stolen out of their hands um, by a short Boston Scott. But I don't know. I, I like that pick a lot. I, I don't think they're going. Daniel Jones is going to recover from uh, his trip in his fall. Um, but then again, we're going to have to see what happens here because this might be a – I think the weather's supposed to clear up by then, but it could be, you know, still be wet, could be more fall-like weather. So it should yeah. be a good game. Yeah, my dad was asking why the Giants are on Monday Night Football. I said, first, Dad, come on. It's New York. Second yeah. of all, they should have, ha- should have had Saquon Barkley here. You know, there was kind of a thought that they might be a little better this year, but they are they are who we thought they were. Yeah. So um, – <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got the next one here and this is the showdown of the week. And I want to make sure I, I jump on board. It's Pittsburgh. Damn it. Going to Baltimore. Ooh. <laughs> do you really like this game, Jordy? I do really like this game. Well, you already got in it. I'm going to leave it for you then. Oh, you okay. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. You and I might be going uh, against I'll... each other depending on who you pick. No, no. I'm going to go to. The New Orleans Saints visiting the Chicago Bears. Four-point line for New Orleans. Um, it's a 425 game, so it's the game of the week, it looks like, um, on Fox. So I got to tell you, I know the Rams have a good defense. Bears, not overly impressed, though. Um, I mean, the Bears have a good defense. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Bears, oh, sorry. No, the Rams, no, 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 no. The Rams have a good defense, so I know the Bears only put up 10 points this past Oh, 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 that's what you mean. But I'm just not sold on this Bears offense yet, um, and I'm not – I don't want to heart – I don't want to just pile on to my guy, Nick. But he's a – he – if Nick had come in last night for Snell, we'd be having a game seven, okay? But if Nick had started the game last night, we wouldn't. I just think he's better in that relief role than he is as a true starter. And I don't know why. And it's a mental thing. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like James Harden not starting for the Thunder. He clearly was a top five player on that team, but it's just how the mental side worked. Um, I like New Orleans in this game. I thought, I think they've done a really good job managing with their wide receiver issues. I think Alvin Kamara can really help with that great Bears pass rush. And I think the Saints defense is good enough um, to, to shut down the Bears. So I like the Saints to cover that four point line. 
Um, I like a six to 10 point victory from them. Um, I think Chicago is a little bit of a fake five and two, in my opinion. So that's my second pick. No, I like that pick a lot. And I think you're right that it's not much more than four, but it's right there. They're going to win this game. I feel like, um, the reason why it's four, not three, because it's, you know, if it goes to overtime, something wacky happens, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. But I, you know, I like that pick a lot. Uh, the other thing too, is we don't really see a ton out of the run game from the bears, right? We see a lot of passing and their run game has been very disappointing. And I don't just say that with, you know, owning David Montgomery in, in numerous fantasy leagues, because nobody cares about that, but I don't know. It's just not been that impressive. Tyreek hurt Tyreek hurt Tyreek Cohen has been banged up throughout the year. I don't know. I, I, I leaves a lot to be desired. If you're a bears fan that is used to seeing ground and pound first, you know, that bear down type of offense, but um, yeah, no great pick, Matt. So it's to me, because I made you not pick it, I'm going to address it first. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Steelers come into this as a four-point dog. Uh, there's a couple of things for that. For one, Baltimore's at home. Very good home team. Uh, coming off, I believe, coming off a bye, correct? They were off last week. Um, so, in theory, you know, they're, they're rested up. They got things going. Now, there's something we talked about last week about how there's the blueprint against the Ravens. And I feel like in this rivalry, not to get cliche, you know, the Steelers, A, love to play against the team. They love to come up for that game. But their defense is so good that I think they have the blueprint to stop Lamar Jackson, to slow down that run game that hasn't gotten all the way back to where it was last year, I feel like. Um, And I don't know. I I think we need to see if the Ravens are going to pull this out and cover the spread. We need to see a big game out of a guy like Mark Andrews, maybe – one of their wide receivers, obviously, out of Lamar, too. But I'm going with the Steelers plus four here. I don't know if they end up winning the game, but I think plus four it sounds pretty good. This is going to be a close game. I feel like it's going to be low scoring, too. It's not the lowest over-under on the map, but I feel like it's going to be low scoring, too, because we have some question marks surrounding the Steelers' offense. Uh, you know, guys are hurt and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's what I think. I think Steelers probably maybe lose this, but I'd like plus four. We would have been in agreement, Jordy. I think the Steelers win it, actually, but I would have taken the same pick. I'm very impressed with the yes. Steelers passing Their offense. Defenses. They look dangerous. Yes. Yeah. I, Did yeah, they the, play the Chiefs this year at all? Does Pittsburgh? Who won the division last year? No, the Ravens. The did. Ravens did, and oh, I don't know what divi- what division's playing what in the AFC. I have no idea. Uh, let's see. I Pittsburgh. No, I don't think they are. I'm just looking this up now. Pittsburgh's schedule is the well, – oh, they're on. playing the Cleveland's South. Playing... They're playing the AFC South. Uh, okay. That's gotcha. why they play Tennessee. Right. I would just like to see those two offenses go head-to-head, those two passing offenses, although as as our resident Chiefs fan would tell you, why your your running game just got – A hell of a lot better. monster right now. Oh, Talking about this year or just like yeah. this week? Did I miss something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Le'Veon. Le'Veon. It's great. I was like, did I? Did I? And oh, Lamar. wait. We, Le'Veon we, Bell is a chief. Do we want to go over this? Now? Yeah. Look, no, I know that's... you were preparing for the no. Thunder Cup, so I appreciate no. that you're focused solely on golf. Yeah. I, I'm yes. solely, for anybody who's listening and doesn't know, I'm solely a, uh, a European sports follower nowadays. This is. Le'Veon Bell is. just bail out on the Chiefs like this. Le'Veon Bell was cut by the Jets. He's been, this is a great moment here, Jordy. Le'Veon Bell was cut by the Jets and signed by the Chiefs. Also, here's a classic Mahomes Chiefs fan. 
Dwight doesn't have to pay attention until the playoffs, right? No. <laughs> it's like it's like Brady and his dynastic years with the, with the Patriots. If you're a Pats fan, you just tune in in December. You don't even care what's going on the rest of the season. I love this. It I love this. Yes, yeah, they'll be there. They'll be there in December when you need them. <laughs> All right. Well. Well, that's wild. So, yeah. So back okay. to me for my Shit. second pick. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'm going to go – I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I know OBJ just went down, and people are trying to get Baker Mayfield to uh, get the hot-button media topic of whether or not he thinks that they're better off without Odell. But I still like this Browns team. I do not trust the Raiders. I know uh, they've looked good at times. Derek Carr's looked very good at times. Um, Henry Ruggs has looked very good and opens up that offense. But I – like the Browns here. I, uh, I'm starting to get sold on them a little bit. I feel like they're getting a little bit of disrespect. The fact that this is sitting at three, I feel like is a little disrespectful to him. I think this could be like a four and a half point line, maybe even six. Uh, so I like the Browns here. I like them to win by seven to 10 points. I, uh, it's a bold move. It's not that I don't like the Browns, but uh, Vegas has been surprising to me. Yeah, but the Browns have so... played Vegas very well over the last couple of years in yeah. the Baker Mayfield era. They, they've had their number. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I I'm gonna go with my next pick here. It's a game I'm very interested in. Okay. Indianapolis Colts heading to Detroit. Detroit sneakily three three, and they just traded for Everson Griffin. So they clearly think they might have an opportunity to make some kind of a run. Expanded playoffs. COVID year. Are they coming around? Now I've been a huge proponent of the Colts all year. Coming off a of bye week, um, they've got a really really good defense. They both play in domes. So how does this match up? Like, can can the Colts continue their streak? Um, the guy they've got to get involved is T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. He is having his worst year of his career. And they don't have a ton of offensive weapons outside of him. I know that Jonathan Taylor is emerging as a young guy, but they could use some spark. And I think this is the week he does it. So as much as I have actually think Detroit's a little bit better than people know, I like the Colts to win this game, even on the road. It's only a three-point line, so but I like the Colts to take this one. Yeah, I was I was circling on that for my uh, my last two there. I like the uh, like that pick, Maddie. Thanks, man. And we had to yeah, we had to white right? your last two NFL picks. Then we'll uh, circle back around, finish up with you with college. So two more NFL white. All right, um, boy, what do we got left here? We got the Packers at the Vikings. Um, gosh, I mean. At this point, I feel completely useless on this because I didn't even know Le'Veon Bell went to the Chiefs. It's like, how, how valid are these guys' opinions? Um, hey, it happens. Oh, it'll keep happening too. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Packers, boy, what about these guys? Um, I don't know. That's another team you could probably just tune on out until they make the playoffs when, when everything matters. Um, Good point he's actually making. Go on. What, what point am I making? I don't know. Matt man. loves Aaron Rodgers as much, almost as much as he loves Tom Brady. That's what he's getting at. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, probably a better person too, because he, uh, you know, actually is a little bit worse than Tom Brady. So you know, he's probably a little more well-rounded as a human. I'm sure his family would say that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as, at least he doesn't try to kiss his kids in the lips. <laughs> uh, I hated when my dad would do that. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll pick I'll pick Aaron Rodgers to beat their spread. Um, I don't know too much about the Vikings. Vikings but, um, are trash. Yeah, it looks like they've had a little bit of an ugly season. They're awful. Um, yeah. That's a hill I'm so, dying on. 
I mean, I, I'm not going to kill you on that hill. You yeah. can come right down if you'd like. He rolled down the hill, but he's since gone back up it, thankfully. <laughs> he's covered in goose poop from rolling down the hill, but yeah, he's going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking ride. Falcons, man. Idiots. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's your last pick for the NFL? So, um, you already took the Browns. I love, love Baker Mayfield. Just love that guy. <laughs> yeah. Anything to bring a little more life into the league. But, um, boy, who's left? Jordy, I'll let you pick my last one since you picked my first. Do you want to go against one of me and Matt's? Sure. All right. Uh, Who would you rather go against, me or Matt? Uh, You, baby. All right. You want to take the Ravens? Yeah. All right. Um, I can't give you a reason why. Um, Joe Flacco still plays for them, right? You're such a for the, uh, bad radio. Ryan, Ryan had a had a sh- had a shitty grin on his face the entire time he he said that. <laughs> he just wanted to sound as misinformed as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you know, I, I've heard of this guy Lamar Jackson. He's their new running back and all that. Um. I bet he'll <laughs> do pretty good. So yeah, I'll take the Ravens to beat that line. White just fully leaning into the skid of. Bad taste. Well, yeah. Incorrect. I mean, how much of a joke is it if once I didn't know Cal was in the (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. All right. Maddie, to you. All right. I'm going there. We haven't touched on it. I'm probably going to make you upset. Sunday night, 820, down at the link, 6,000 maybe ish fans in the cold night. In come the Dallas Cowboys. No idea who their quarterback will be. Offensive line in total shambles. Like basically the same IR situation as the Philadelphia Eagles. And Zeke, not looking like Zeke. I can't find a line on this game, Jordy. Yeah, I'm trying to look on a sports book. Don't the Cowboys have COVID issues? At seven and a half. That's what I saw. Say again? Yeah, seven and a half. I just looked it up on a sports book. Okay, so Eagles are favored by seven and a half? Correct. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, because I was just going to, I thought it was a pick em. I'm going to have to say that while I think the Eagles win, I think the Cowboys cover if it's a seven and a half point line. Obviously, that is kind of tough. Uh, I, I think Andy Dalton is not playing, but he could. Either way, is... not like the Eagles had particularly played well above competition and had major leads. Last time they had a major lead, it was 17-0, and they lost to the Redskins. This is breaking. The Matt, This is the first time Matt's ever picked against – that's usually what I do, White. I usually uh, pick no. against the Eagles. Wow. Uh, I think they win, but I think this is how they win all year. Matt E.D. Man, talk about it. I'm staying rough. away from this rough. game. So for my final pick before I go off to college, I uh, – hmm. yeah, White, that was a great call, snagging the uh, – Snacking the Vikings. I'm going to go against you. I'm going to take your Chiefs minus 19 and a half. I'm just going to literally throw up a Hail Mary. Like what Mahomes could do. Tyreek Hill could go over the top. Hillier or however the hell you pronounce his last name. Along with Le'Veon Bell. Going to be incredible seeing how that team and Williams or how those that three-headed monster is going to work. Uh, and their defense. I think their defense is going to have a heyday against this New York Jets team. Um, it's a large line to cover, but... You know what? It's going to be a lot of fun. The over-under is set at 49.5, meaning that they think the Jets are, are barely going to put up any any sort of fight. They think that final score is going to be 30-10. to 10, Or no, 30, no 40-10. to 10, Or 
Yeah. Whatever. No, 35, 20, 35, 15. That's what it is. I can do math. Yeah. I have a degree that says I can. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs here with my last football uh, NFL pick. Yeah, that's 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 probably going to work. Um, yeah, considering that their best, the Jets' best player is now playing for the Chiefs. Should have known that before I picked the Chiefs on this one That's or the uh, Jets to beat that line. But hey, you know me. you're going against your own team. You're trying to reverse yeah. jinx it. Matt's going to put yeah. it into put it into reality because he's usually more correct about the Eagles than I am. Um, but yeah, I'm sure uh, Frank Gore can still pull some magic out of uh, his old boxers. Yeah, you know the horseshoe <laughs> out of the ass sometimes work. All right, so we're going to go to college. I start. Whoa, I start here, and there's a couple interesting games on the board here. Um, I'm going to stay away from some of these ranked matchups because some of these, the lines are a little bigger than, than what I'd hope or what I'd want to see out of it. Um, even some of these games of ranked versus unranked, I, you know, I'm not totally certain which way to go. Like Alabama being a 31 point favorite against a Mississippi state team that beat LSU, who now doesn't look very good and is playing Auburn this week. And that might be wild. So in light of that, I am going to go to the, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with, with one of the lines I just set up was not going to touch. I'm going to go Texas A&M against Arkansas an Arkansas team. That's been pretty good so far this year. They've had kind of an up and down season as it's been going. That being said, Texas A&M has looked great. They beat up on a Mississippi state team that has not looked very good since beating LSU. So I'm going to go with Texas A&M minus 12 and a half in this game. I could be dead wrong in this. This could be a three-point shootout if if Arkansas figures what, out where they're going. I feel like they've had some injuries that have, that have really stifled them. But this is something that if Texas A&M wants to show that they're for real here, then they gotta they gotta blow them out. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to think that they win by at least two touchdowns, maybe a touch, maybe two and a half, 17 points. So I'm going to go with the Aggies. All right, I like this. I got, first of all, I don't know what Yahoo's doing here, by the way, but it's got Michigan State favored by 24 over Michigan. Hold on. No, it doesn't. Hold on. on Yahoo. Yes, it does. It's clearly in glitch. And I'm not going to, oh, because whoa. of that, I'm not I'm not going to touch the game. Okay? I think that's a misprint. I'm not going to touch it. Going, going back I'm to gonna the sports keep, book. Yeah, I'm going to keep rolling with my guys, the Cincinnati Bearcats, up to number seven. With a, a very talented Memphis Yeah, it's Tiger Michigan minus twenty-five the is the line there. Yeah, that's what I know. Yeah, I know. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Cincinnati to cover the six and a half point spread over Memphis. Memphis is a good team. This is a huge game for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's three, uh, four and zero. Oh. Memphis is three and one. Cincinnati needs to make as many statements as they can as the Big Ten and the Pac-12 roll into the to the rankings. So I think Cincinnati. You know, definitely covers here. So that's my that's my choice. Okay, going back to Cincy, I love it. Uh, I wa- I almost went with that. Wasn't sure. Um, wait, you want us to pick a game for you to to pick at? No, I'll take. Uh, I like the um, Ohio State Penn State game. Oh, I was gonna. That was the game I was gonna pick Ooh. for you because you watch Penn State. Yeah, I watch. I watch both of these guys, and uh, look, they've got Ohio State taking twelve points over the. Um, over the Nittany Lions, and um, I just think Urban Meyer is too good of a coach. He's going to stop him by at least twenty or thirty. Yeah, that's not a bad play. Uh, Penn State with a. <laughs> I'm just bad... kidding. I know Urban Meyer isn't a coach anymore. 
Well, oh yeah, I didn't even realize it. Holy fuck. Oh, Jordy's. And Jordy's kept rolling with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, Ohio Anyways, State though. Yeah, I will pick Ohio State. Looked over unreal last week, and I don't know. Penn State uh, looked like they had some holes throughout their team, and the fact that Indiana, who was a dark horse by a lot of Big Ten experts' accounts, was able to really just punch back at Penn State. They were up big early, they blew it, and then obviously went to overtime. Uh, yeah, so Penn State's got to have a real show-me type of thing. They will not have the whiteout at Happy Valley because there's no fans there. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Sadly, I'd love to see Ohio State get, get rocked in some way, shape, or form, but I don't think it's happening. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm crossing my fingers so Ohio State continues to roll. All right. Well, White, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Yo, thanks for having me on, guys. It's always a good of course. time. Absolutely. Learning a little bit too, you know, it's good. <laughs> that's why. I, that's why. That's why I'm here to educate you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, White, we'll talk to you later. Cool. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, man. A special thanks once again to Ryan White for coming on. I thought that was a really fun segment, despite him not totally realizing some things like. Uh, Le'Veon Bell coming to his beloved Kansas City Chiefs. Like he mentioned, he's a big soccer fan, uh, despite him being in our fantasy league. Uh, it's funny that he didn't realize it. But, you know, I think his picks, just like anybody's, you know, can do well, will probably do well, especially because he's going against Matt. Actually, one, one's against me. It's not going to do well. But anyway, um, yeah, other things. You know, we covered every NFL game, and we covered a lot of college and yeah, other things in the sports world that's going on. Obviously, we've been doing a lot of the Instagram lives. We talked about mainly baseball and did that. We did the Eagles recap last Thursday, which I thought went really well. I'm going to try to do that this upcoming Sunday with the Birds playing the Cowboys. Hopefully, I don't fall asleep towards the end of the game like I did with the Seahawks as well as with the fifth game of the World Series. The only one I didn't do. But if you noticed, I did do one after Game 7. I had it on mute where we learned that Justin Turner had COVID. And good friend of the program, Seth Zweifler, jumped on, actually, we jumped on a private Instagram, and he told me all about it. Did an epilogue, had Seth on. Seth and I talked about it. And we, we talked about a bunch of different stuff, and there's been some updates. We learned that Justin Turner had an inconclusive test on Monday, and then on Tuesday took another test. Major League Baseball got the results back during the second inning and didn't tell the Dodgers until the sixth or seventh inning, which is why he was pulled in the eighth. Uh, and then they told him to leave, told him to go into the clubhouse, and Justin Turner was on the field celebrating, which is no bueno. Uh, Major League Baseball is looking into it. But, yeah, you know, it, it was a real weird bookend to a season that was marred by COVID, and Seth and I go into this a lot. So if you haven't watched the video, it's really good. I mean, not just saying this narcissistically. I think that's a word about it because I'm involved, but it's weird that, that I forget the number of days Seth, I think said it was 45 days of no COVID tests after the Marlins, the Cardinals and a, and a few other teams that did. I mean, we mentioned it, the NL West or actually both Western divisions didn't have a positive test. And yeah, there's something strange about that. And, and we'll find out if Manfred was hiding things or what happens with it. And obviously there was, Jokes to be had on Twitter, like people saying that's why Kevin Cash pulled Blake Snell, saying, hey, we can't have Game 7 tomorrow. You pull him, finish the series, and all this sort of stuff, which obviously isn't true. But if you think that 
Major League Baseball purposely didn't because they wanted the Dodgers to end up getting the W and not forcing a Game 7 that would almost certainly have had to have been delayed until they figured out what was going on. Um, you know, it's crazy, and I think this is going to be a developing story. It has not gone away in the 24 hours since the World Series ended. We'll see how that goes. We'll see what the half-life of this story ends up being. But, you know, I'm going to miss baseball, and they obviously haven't said anything about when they're planning on trying to go back to spring training and all this sort of stuff. And we've seen it with other leagues. Basketball has said they want to try to start on December 22nd, do a 72-ish, they've not settled on a number, game season that ends right in time for the Olympics. And it's kind of wacky to think that they're, you know, November 1st is obviously on Sunday and they would want to open camps on December 1st. So in 35 days, you're going to have it. I mean, we don't really know what the players have been doing for this. Obviously, they're professional athletes. It's their job to stay in shape. But we know, like, Devin Booker's with the Kardashians, right? And there's all this different stuff. So who knows? I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, obviously, it'd be awesome to see more sports other than just football to come back and see what's going on. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, and not to be so down about COVID in sports, but right now with cases going up, you almost have to stay current and stay pragmatic to this sort of thing. Well, we talked about it with Wisconsin, about how they cannot make this up because they cannot afford the time to do it. And if they had tried to push through and started earlier, maybe they would have been able to do it and blah, 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 and all this so on and so forth sort of stuff. And I don't know, with basketball has all the time in the world to try to do it. They don't even need to do a 72-game season. I get they need to make up money. We're getting all these things and reports. Things and reports, that's funny. We're getting all these reports of how much money all these different leagues have lost, what the bubbles might have saved them, what getting to the playoffs saved baseball, and so on and so forth. But I don't know if you're going to be able to figure it out. And I don't know, you're just going to have to hemorrhage some losses for a little bit. That being said... 2021, if it's January 1st, if it's February 1st, we saw nothing with the NHL, but the AHL, the level below the NHL, has said that they are planning on starting on February 5th, which, if that's a date and that's a hint as to what the NHL's thinking, great. I mean, obviously, minor league sports, minor league baseball, had all this crazy news over the last year. And then ended up being canceled. And then the AHL didn't get to finish their season and all this sort of stuff. If we get to see minor league sports being played, it's obviously great. It's great for if you're a fan of a team getting to see people develop and and move forward. But it's dire straits here. Some teams are moving. Some teams have to close down shop and move closer, which is good for player development. You're closer to the home team. But at the same time, if it ends up that this team has to play at practice facility of big big league club, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, football, ever figures out a minor league, soccer. I know they have developmental teams in the MLS. You know, it's it's it loses that charm to it that minor league sports have. So that's a little bit of a bummer. But, you know, it, we'll see what happens. We have to kind of get through the next month and a half, I personally think. But, I, you know, I don't want to project my thoughts onto you, to you all, because, you know, I'm try to be more optimistic. I try to be pragmatic with it and see where we're at. Obviously, uh, you know, things are, are crazy out there and, uh, hopefully everybody's staying safe with the mask and all that sort of stuff. But other news, um, uh, Daryl Morey has signed on with the Sixers for five years, 
Elden Brand is remaining as GM, but Daryl Morey taking over as director of basketball. And this is incredible news that I can't believe. You know, it, uh, yeah, obviously it's changed a lot about basketball and I don't know. It's going to be really cool to see what ends up happening here, especially with the NBA draft coming up. We've heard a lot of cool news about this. This is the more positive stuff that we look forward to, the more positive news that we get. And the NBA draft's coming up soon. We'll see what he ends up doing with that and how he tries to reconstruct this roster that so desperately needs to have that happen. So I'm really excited about that. Um, We talked about the Masters hosting College Game Day next week. That's going to be really cool at Augusta. And this week, they're in Bermuda for the Bermuda Championship. Not the greatest field in the world, but, you know, it is what it is. A lot of guys just want to get to Augusta. They want to figure this out and play a major, the last major of the year. Hopefully, you know, next year we get back to the regular major schedule and go from there. But it's going to be fun. We're going to talk a lot about the Masters. We'll talk a lot more about the NBA draft as well. Uh, NBA free agency, which apparently is going to happen in about a month. So, like, right before... Camp starts. That's another wacky thing with December 1st camps. This isn't like Bryce Harper signing with the Phillies and then just showing up to Clearwater. I don't think that can happen, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I think that's going to do it. If I missed anything that you guys want to hear me talk about, let us know. Join our Facebook group, the, th- the almost of the Thunderbuck, the, the bullpen cart Facebook group is where you can be a part of the conversation, submit topics, memes, whatever. I keep forgetting to post questions there, but if you do have questions, just submit them. DM us, ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, where you can find all of our live reactions. I'm going to try to do more of these, maybe even just Sunday night after Sunday Night Football or leading up to it to talk about the games that happened. Obviously, the Eagles, big part of it. But, you know, there's plenty of other football as well out there. We don't have baseball anymore to talk about. We don't know when basketball and hockey are coming back. I'm not really the biggest soccer person. Uh, golf, obviously, we have that, so the Masters will do it there. But, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram is where you need to follow there. Mention ThunderBLG on Twitter and follow the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. But everybody, have a great weekend. Fly, Eagles, fly, and we will see you next week.